I'm here live, pre-recorded at Junction Craft Brewing, and I'm sitting down with somebody who we've been playing social media tag for quite a bit of time. I think it's been almost six months, at least six months. I'm not going to waste any more time because I'm excited for this interview. Let me welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling, Jody Threat. How are you? I am good, even though it's like 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm not a morning person, tell you that much. <laughs> me either. I had a cup of coffee in the morning when I got up. And on the way down here, I grabbed one of those Starbucks cold coffees at the gas station oh, yeah, yeah. so I could just have the energy to sit down. But I appreciate you taking out the time. I know your schedule is absolutely crazy, so I appreciate you taking out the time. So one of the first questions I always ask, because I'm a big fan of defining moments. Sure. Everyone in this business has a moment where they fell in love with this business. Yes. Do you remember your defining moment? I do. It's a very vivid memory. Uh, it's a very recent memory. Um, actually, a local Toronto show is where I fell in love. Um, you know, I'm born and raised from Toronto. Um, I play here. I work here. It's what I do. And one Friday night, my sister and I were on the town playing. And uh, in our journey, we saw a pro wrestling, literally handwritten sign with an arrow pointing to a venue. So, you know, we got wild went to this venue, went down the stairs, and there was a ring set up, people everywhere, and it was literally during that first match, which uh, Shane Saber was in that first match I saw, uh, who is now one of my good friends. Uh, yeah, it was in that moment that I, I, I knew this, this was my true love. That's, you know what, that's probably one of the coolest defining moments. Most people are like, you know, I was young, I, I watched a match, or I, I was over at somebody's house. Like, for me, it was, I was over at my uncle's house for Christmas, and I saw a bootleg tape of the steel cage match with Superfly Snooker that, like, everybody talks about. Right. I kind of feel that it's a little cliche that that's my moment, but when he took that jump from the top, I was like, I have to be involved in this world <laughs> some way, shape, or form. I definitely know I will never step in that ring because I just don't think I could handle it. Right. But cutting promos or talking about it, Sign me up. Sure, sure. Take it away. That's so funny. So that was your defining moment, which was absolutely epic. Yeah. When did you, I mean, that's falling in love with the business, but when did you realize that, you know what, I'm going to step in the ring and I'm going to start training? And who did you start training with? It, it was literally that moment. So okay. that was, it wasn't even three years ago. I feel like, uh, I want to say mid-November will mark uh, like three years of when I met wrestling. Uh, and it just so happened that promotion also had a school associated with it, and they had flyers saying, you want to be a wrestler? Uh, and I, like 15 days later, 10 days later, registered. So like December of that year, I stepped into the ring to train, and it was with Superkick uh, under Ashley Six and uh, Chris Chambers. That's how it, where I started. Nice. I met, I interviewed Mark Wheeler a couple weeks back, and he also trained at Superkick, mm -hmm. and I believe Silesia Sparks trained there. There's quite a few people that I think have, have gone through that facility, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I know Celise actually, I think, started at uh, Squared Circle, which is Rob Fuego, but she, she kind of popped in and worked for uh, Superkick here and there. Yeah. So tell me about the first bump, because I'm always intrigued about the first bump, when you literally take it and you, you learn, you train yourself to fall back, because as humans, we're kind of like cats where we always try to land on our feet. Right. So I'm always intrigued as well by the first bump. How did it feel? Like, what was your thought process when you hit it for the first time? Uh, I know it was a lot of buildup because like you said, like you don't fall backwards and also as like a skateboarder, you, you roll forward, like you're not trying to fall back and hit your head. Um, in any sort of sports that I played, like even like rugby, like if you go and if you're going to fall, you're trying to like gain yards. So you're falling forward or leaping forward in some sort of fashion. Uh, so like the buildup was pretty intense and I, for a long time, it was just literally me kind of 
squatting down and falling backwards. And I, I remember always getting yelled at, like, slip on the goddamn banana peel. Slip on the goddamn banana peel, Jody. Flip your feet up. What are you doing? But it, um, I literally just more so looked like, a, I guess, a piece of wood falling, <laughs> falling backwards uh, for a while. And that first one, um, I was very lucky to have uh, very competent trainers, uh, you know, give me the proper technique so I didn't die my first time that I actually did fall backwards. But I know it was not pretty. Um, but yeah, it was it was wild. Yeah, you you mentioned rugby. I actually played rugby myself for yeah. a few years. So yeah, you're 100 percent right. You, it's easier to train yourself to leap forward, yeah. or in skateboarding, probably roll into yeah. a fall so you can try to protect yourself. Right. So to, to as humans, again, to to unteach what you've already learned <laughs> in all years. those other sports. Years. <laughs> that that must have been grueling. Yeah. So skateboarding, mm -hmm. we know that the character she comes out with the skateboard and all yeah. that stuff. When you were kind of as you're training, you're obviously trying to develop and find out who you are as a performer and how you want to present yourself. Right. So did Jody Threat, was she the first go round or did it, did your original character, I guess, maybe evolve into her? Um, I actually had a really hard time trying to think up uh, like a, a gimmick, like I'm coming from like an athletic background. So entertainment really wasn't something that I was trained in at all. So like to even think that I had to come up with a, a, an identity was like really like, actually really hard like I know for a lot of people that's actually like the easier part is like thinking of all these ideas but I was like stumped for a really long time um one of like the initial ideas I had was like maybe like a, a tank girl sort of gimmick um just because I've always been a big fan of of tank girl um but my trainer informed me that there's a, a few girls on the scene um who kind of already did that really well so uh, he he was kind of the one that pitched right off the hop that why don't I go with like my strong suit like you know I'm a skateboarder like that's pretty unique in itself uh, and then you can pull elements from other things that you like like tank girl like obviously like the character's kind of edgy punky uh, metally and yeah try to be the kick ass sort of thing so Jody Thread is pretty much an amped up version of you yeah 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 I'd say so. I, I love it. And uh, the red hair, was that part of the gimmick or is that something you've always had? Because I have to say, my wife as well, she dyes her hair red. She tries to go a little bit darker sometimes because mm -hmm. it's easier to maintain. Right. So for you, hair care products must be on a regular. Yeah. Uh, no, I've had red hair for like 10 years. There was like a brief period where I, I lived in Belize and I actually had to dye it brown because I didn't want to have to deal with that and stand out as much as I already did stand out in Belize, uh, living in Belize City. Um, but as soon as I got back, it went straight to red. So, like, I would say for almost, like, 10, 11 years, I've had red hair since high school. That's, well, I got to say, I, I, I love the red hair. I love the look. I love everything about the character. And one of the first times I actually saw you was at uh, one of the first Destiny events that I attended. Okay. I saw you. I can't remember who you were fighting that night, but I saw you, and I remember seeing you there and thinking, damn, this, this girl's got something. And then obviously as I progressed, like we met at Junction City a few months back, right. which was one of the times that I did stalk you to try to get this interview. <laughs> we, we, met, we met that there and I remember taking the picture with you mm. and I remember going back and looking at it after and thinking, damn, like her arms are bigger than my leg. Like, <laughs> no, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're fantastic. Like the look is great. The athleticism is great. And the character is great. So there's really, I, I think you have the whole package. 
and I, I think I think there's something special about you, and also because you know, like I said, redheads is kind of my weak spot. So I'm like, <laughs> she's also got my my little bit of my weak spot. But in terms of, um, I've always I, I've been intrigued because I've never seen you use it when I've watched you wrestle sure. the skateboard. Yes. Has it ever come into play during a match? Oh my god! I just had like a sweet session at Limitless Wrestling. It's uh, actually it, it should be up. Um, I. My whole shine was like killing people on the outside of the ring with my board. So like my signature moves, if you will, on the board is like I do a skateboard spear. Uh, I also do a skateboard head scissor, which is really cute. Uh, skateboard uh, tornado DDT. Um, and then I have been known, you know, when I'm feeling very vulnerable to, you know, use it as a, a weapon to swing at people or really to chuck it at someone so they're, you know, disoriented and they'll drop kick the board and they'll go flying. Uh, so yeah, and actually, Dear Lionel Knight has gone through the skateboard once. Michinoku driver, bam, right through at Demand Lucha. Yeah. Oh, nice. Black Lavender. He's yeah. always getting himself <laughs> in some kind of trouble. Yeah. So th that must be interesting, too, because, I mean, it's very rare that you can see somebody incorporate the skateboard yeah. in the matches. But you yeah. mentioned all these moves you do with it. Yeah. How hard was that to, to learn those? On, I mean, the skateboard spear would probably be the easiest one yeah. to learn because it's just forward momentum, sure. and then you jump off. Yeah. It's almost like rugby all over again. You're, you're exactly. leaping forward to gain exactly. the yards. But everything else you mentioned, that had to be complicated to learn to incorporate the skateboard with them. Honestly, it was coming up with the ideas. To actually execute, um, I, I guess, just years of, like, my athletic background and skateboarding and stuff and being, like, very comfortable on a board. Like, not so hard for me personally to do them, but, like, just being creative on how to use the board because... Uh, although it's a really neat thing to come out with, like a prop to come out with, it's there's a lot of limitations, uh, especially when I'm not trying to get disqualified, number one. Uh, number two, I can't actually skate on like the ring surface, like the canvas, uh, it just, it doesn't ride on it uh, at all. Uh, you will eat shit if you try. Um, you can't even ollie in the ring with it. It's, it's just too, uh, it's just, it's, you're going to break the ring or you're going to like, you know, I don't want to like damage the ring or like the, really it's the canvas I'm worried about. Um, and like even sometimes like coming out on my board, uh, if like you have say like mats around the mat, like or the ring, like in America, sometimes I find they have like uh, thin mats around because uh, the, the laws. Um, or like too many wires, because some people aren't wireless yet. Uh, you, you, it's really hard to skateboard around wires because you'll trip and eat shit. Um, so yeah, honestly, it was not so much me being able to, to hit the moves. It was like coming up with ways to use the board creatively where I'm not gonna get in too much trouble from the ref and not eat shit all the time on wires. That's a, that's a fair assessment, I guess. Play safe, but also play to the point where you can use it as your advantage when needed to. As mm -hmm. you mentioned, vulnerability or getting the edge when you can, getting that one-upsmanship mm -hmm. one against your opponent. Mm -hmm. So I actually, the latest match I saw you other than today, which I will see you, and I can't wait. You and Pretty Ricky, congratulations, yeah. getting married. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, but um, uh, uh, Revolution is yeah. the last time oh, yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. you. at. That was about close to almost a month ago. Next week would be about a month. September wow, has it really been it's a, been a month. God, whoa, crazy, right? Time is flying. Oh my God. So you're actually, you actually fell in love with the business and got into it in a great time yeah. when women yeah. were starting to really percolate and mm -hmm. this revolution happened and now this evolution and me being like, I have two daughters mm -hmm. on my own. They're the apples of my eye. They annoy me sometimes and drive me crazy. <laughs> my hair has thinned out to no avail. <laughs> but um, for them to be able to, because they love wrestling as much as me and my yeah. wife do, for them to sit down and watch women and yeah. what they're doing now yeah. and how crazy it is and how talented all of you are. And for me to be able to be at an all women's event mm -hmm. and soak that in 
Yeah. Now, I know you can hit hard. Yeah. I know you have power. Yeah. But what I love most about Revolution is that you and Caitlin Diamond, yeah. you did a little bit of chain wrestling. Yeah. You got in there with the holds. You got in there with the stuff. And it was great because every time you guys did one of those, I don't know if you heard us. We were the loudest corner in the room. We were all yelling, wrestling, wrestling. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we, were, we were all about you guys. But what I loved most about that event is that you came out with a very special fan. Mm. Somebody who, from what I understand, you're his go-to yeah. on the indie scene for women. Oh. You're the one he cheers for above everybody else. And that's Steven. is a tough little dude. He's going through some stuff right now. He's got a hard battle. But this is really what the business is about. It, first and foremost, is being a hero yeah. to these kids that are looking for that little bit of inspiration and that little bit of mm, to give them a fighting yeah. chance. Yeah. So when you met him that night, and it all kind of worked out that this was going to be the thing you were going to come out for him and he was going to have his little moment inside the ring with yeah. you. How did that feel to, to see the big smile? Like, that smile never left his face that night. Yeah. <laughs> How did that feel for you to be semi-responsible for that? Yeah. Uh, no, it's obviously the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah, it's unbeatable. Um, it, I'm, like, by trade before wrestling, like, I, I do social work, like, community development. So, like, I, I, I service others. Like, that's just, that's me. And so that just kind of was like really neat to tie in like what I've done in like my, my former life and like see like a, a positive outcome in like my current life it, and like a, such a meaningful one for him. Like it, it, was, it was definitely a, a touching moment. It was really bomb. Yeah, it was, it was probably one of the, the highlights of the night. Other than um, I have to give the other highlight to the Masha Slamovich versus Divya match because she had what I perceive to be like the hardest hit finish of that night. She looked like she literally killed Divya. And I don't know if you saw my video on the Straight Talk page. You go back and watch it. I got that hit. And all you saw was me jump up and go, holy shit. And I dropped my phone <laughs> because I was just like, it, dead. <laughs> it, it looked like she broke her in half. So that, I guess, leads to my next point. Huh? Great segue. Yeah. Um, injuries in the ring. Yeah. They do happen. And you always want to be safe with your dance partners sure. and who you're, because, I mean, that's what it is. It's essentially a dance, a story that you're telling inside that ring. So you want to be safe with whoever you're fighting. Has there ever been an occasion where you've been in a ring with someone and something has not gone the way you both kind of talked about it beforehand? Uh, I've had, like, a few freak accidents. The one that, like, really, like, got me was um, probably a year and a half ago. Uh, Vanessa Craven saved my life. I, uh, I took a dive. Uh, just like a basic suey, never had an issue with it before, but um, my knee pad caught the rope, and it, it was because I was wearing different gear, and normally my gear pushed down my knee pad, um, but I guess ju I just didn't even think about it. Uh, on my way out, that knee pad was hanging a bit too low, and it just snagged it, which caused me to go in a downward motion versus like an out version, and luckily, you know, vet in the ring saw trouble and she dove forward and like caught me and saved my head but I smashed my knee and my knee was like messed up for like <laughs> oh like at least eight months like it's it feels great now but like I was definitely like nursing it for eight months still wrestling obviously because that's you know sometimes what you have to do but um yeah so that was probably like the scariest moment uh in the ring but obviously sometimes you get bashed like I like bloody noses um tweaked ankles here and there uh <laughs> one time I was wrestling uh Alexia Nicole and um, she, her shoulder sometimes pops out and like she took something and her shoulder popped out and I had to grab a hold while she's popping her damn shoulder back into place. She's like, hold on, hold on. It's like, snap. And I was like, oh God, that was so gross. 
So yeah, thing, different things happen sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you, it's a wild business, friend. It's a wild business. You just reminded me of Lethal Weapon when he always used to dislocate his shoulder and he used to just yeah, slam it into yeah. the wall and pop yeah, it back in. Yeah. It was one of my one of my guilty pleasure '80s action movies <laughs> for sure. Um, in terms of your career thus far, it's been an amazing ride. I've enjoyed seeing you for the last two years and yeah. following what's happening. And again, I'm so jacked to, to sit here with you right now. Yeah. This is crazy. And I know something special happened in August. Oh, yeah. And we all saw the video on, on Facebook and yeah. stuff like that. And we know that was great. I, I don't want to ask too many questions sure. because I know that you're probably your hands are tied on what you can and can't talk about. But let's just touch on the experience of being at that special moment yeah. in August. And if everyone doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about when SummerSlam was here. WWE had the tryout. Yeah. That's all I'll say. But talk about that moment of being in there and and just having those veteran coaches be looking at you yeah. and and the advice that you probably picked up. And I and I did see a clip where you were talking to Trish Stratus. That's yeah. gotta be huge. Yeah. I mean, you're soaking it in with like one of she's a goat, if yeah. not if not the goat, one of the goats Absolutely. in women's wrestling of Absolutely. all time. So when you're sitting there with somebody like Trish Stratus, do you mark out? Do you go back to being a fan? for a little bit while you're there, knowing that you have work to do? So, this is where I think coming into wrestling so late in life, I have an upper hand. Sure, I'm a, I'm a fan, but like, I feel like I don't got, like the nostalgic wildness that you get from like meeting people who are like so relevant to your childhood, like I feel like you have like a higher risk marking out and kind of looking silly. Um, because I came in three years, like I respect these people so much, and you know I, I feel like I I don't have like mark out moments very often. It, it's more of like, wow, like this is so neat, like so much respect, like let me learn from you, uh, and it's it's almost like I said, like because I'm coming in so late, I feel like I, I it's that that childhood remnants that I think really sometimes make people mark out. And also, like, I, um, in my younger days, I, I did security for, like, a lot of, like, bands that came through Toronto. So, like, I have a lot of, like, like eight years experience of, like, you know, keeping very professional when you're, like, meeting, like, very high-status people. And so I think that also helps me keep, like, level-headed when entering into these situations where a lot of people might be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, again, like I said, for me, it's... it's um, not so much having to maintain like the marking out, but like really just sitting there and like awe and kind of like trying to play it cool, like I'm uh, competent. Uh, and yeah, I've I've marked <laughs> I've marked out a few times. I actually met Bret Hart back in mm, Kingston, mm, mm, mm. and um, like this is like him and Owen Hart WrestleMania 10. That's one of my all time favorite matches. Mm -hmm. I could watch that even though I know the outcome. Mm -hmm. I can watch it 50 times over, and I still mark out during the match, <laughs> even though I know what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I still yeah. do that. When I sat down next to him, and he's like, hey, man, and I was just like, hi, hi. Just, hi. And I was like, I was like, can you sign this for me? He's like, absolutely. He's like, do you yeah. want to get a picture? I'm like, yeah. And the first picture we took, I was just looking at him. So there's a photo of me like this. And then, I, and then he's like, Cameron's. I was like, oh. So I was like, yeah. being in, in a different role in this business yeah. and, and being able to, to talk and share the stories yeah, with you yeah. guys. It's great, but I mark out from time to time. Yeah. Like I said, I'm still jacked that I'm sitting here talking to you. This yeah. is just an incredible, <laughs> this is an incredible honor for me. Right. So in terms of, I guess, progression of your career, yeah. you've had a lot of matches. Oh, yeah. You've had so many in a short span. So lucky. Because you're, you're so working and, and, and you're, you're getting noticed, you're getting out there. Yeah. Your promoters have been gracious to you. Yeah. 
Uh, right now to date, yes. do you have a match that you consider your best body of work to date? Like the one match you can look back at if you watch it on YouTube or you watch a clip of it somewhere yeah. and you go, you know what, that night, that night I, I, I kind of was on peak and yeah. so was who I was in the ring with. Like that's by far right now as it stands, my favorite match so far that you've done on the indie scene or wherever. Yeah, I feel like I am so critical of my myself and my performance that I don't want to say like, this was like technically my most sound best match ever. This is Jody Threat. Um, but I could tell you that the most meaningful match I ever had and one that I, I walked away feeling like great about um, was my, my Tony Storm match in the summer during uh, SummerSlam. And it was like, I had that match like during my tryouts, like literally during the day I'm trying out and at night I'm, I'm wrestling some, some big names. It was nuts. Um, but like Tony Storm was probably one of the first female wrestlers that I, I, I watched her body of work and I was like, yes, this, this is how I want to, to wrestle. This is, yes, <laughs> this is wrestling for me. Um, and so to be able to be given um, the opportunity to wrestle her when she's, you know, assigned WWE athlete, entertainer, you know, um, I, I never thought in a million years that, especially this soon in my career, that I'd be able to have that opportunity. And in my hometown where my mom and dad can watch live. <laughs> In the yeah. six, bless, bless the <laughs> yeah, six. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, I'm very happy it worked out. And I'm very, like, I'm so, I know how lucky I am that I was able to still have my tryout and wrestle those evenings. Um, yeah, like that, like, so cool. Just so neat meeting her and, and working with her. Yeah. And this, and this is great because you just segued into my next question. Oh, See, we're on, we're on a wave like that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We, we've got a serious, we've got a yeah. serious friend man yeah. happening right now. I love now. it. So, um, support, family support. You yeah. mentioned mom and dad. Yeah. You mentioned the first defining moment with your sister. Yeah. So, when you when you watch that first, you, you watch Shane Saber that first match. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. And you went home that night or the next morning and you called mom and dad or maybe you, yeah. you went out for breakfast or whatever happened. When you sat down and you told mom and dad, you know what? I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. What was the initial reaction and how has the support been since then? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I do it my way from day one. Like that's, that's just me. <laughs> so uh, I basically I registered first uh, and then like a day or two before I actually went to uh, my class, I, I hit up my parents. I, don't, I didn't live with my parents. Um, and so, you know, I phoned them, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing great, I'm uh, gonna try wrestling. And they're like, what, like, what do you mean wrestling? Uh, like they thought maybe like, you know, um, Olympic style wrestling. I'm like, no, no, you know, like uh, pro wrestling, you know, Hulk Hogan, WWE, these sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, trying to think what they would remember. Cause I do remember like my dad, like liking wrestling, like when I was like really young and I actually remember him having like a Hulk Hogan like figure uh, and a mean gene figure so uh yeah I was trying to like revert back to there so they can remember and connect and uh yeah they're like oh, okay uh be safe I guess uh, but you have to realize like they're so used to me like doing these wild things like I, again skateboarded for years rugby a whole bunch of other kinds of sports so we've already had this like the turmoil like when I started playing rugby like the discussions I had with my family were nuts um, especially because in high school, we didn't have like a women's rugby team. We had a men's rugby team. So I was um, playing with men uh, and like that really didn't sit well with my parents. They thought I was gonna die, um, which I'm lucky I did not because some of those men are very, very large. Uh, so they, they've kind of had a lot of practice is what I'm trying to say. Um, and yeah, so they've 
they were like, okay. And then, you know, they saw that I stuck to it. And yeah, just so supportive. Like my mom gave me my, my nickname, the wild child. Like I didn't come up with that. That's something my mom, my mom calls me that. Um, my dad, they come out to like a lot of Toronto shows. My sisters, I have two sisters. They come out, they bring their boyfriends. I have like such a, a like even my friends are so supportive, even though like they maybe don't get it. Um, they're just so supportive. Um, like all, I, I think a lot of people don't realize like how much of a commitment wrestling is. Like I miss so much shit, like so much shit. And like to have family who just get it, like, I'm so lucky. I no, really am. It is. It's an absolute blessing. I've, uh, I've had moments where I mean, even my wife and my kids are so supportive. I've had moments where last minute I've had to get a show or I've had a, a wrestler get back to me and be like, hey, so I'm here now. And you're like, oh, God. And I, I literally would just be grabbing my first fork at dinner after coming back from working a 10-hour yeah, shift. Yeah. And I just look over at my wife and she goes, what are you still doing here? <laughs> so I just I grabbed my gear and I head out the door. Yeah. And it's it's been an absolute blessing for yeah. again you guys taking the time out and the stories I've been able to share. Yeah. The connections I've made in this business. I'll ch if this podcast were to end tomorrow, yeah. I'll cherish these these memories and these moments right, because right. it's amazing to get to talk to people that can step in that ring because I have so much respect for anybody that can step in that ring because no, no matter what people think or, or say about this business, all the naysayers, all the haters, yeah. they have no idea the grind because this yeah. is the one athlete yeah. The one type of athlete that goes 300, 330, sometimes 365 days a year. Yeah. I've talked to wrestlers who have wrestled on Christmas. I talked to one wrestler who had to miss his son's baptism because yeah. he had a show. Yeah. And that's his, that's his own child. So you know what I mean? Those are those are the moments. And I get it. You, you, I get I get the emotionalness. I get yeah. how, how blessed you are. And, yeah. and I, I get that. But when you have that support system, it makes things so much more easier. So much more. Yes. 100%. Like I, I see so many of my, my friends, my colleagues who uh, don't have that sort of support and like the added stress to the things we already deal with, but just knowing, oh, shoot, like my wife is going to kill me or, sh oh, shoot, like my, my parents, my sisters, like my, my siblings, oh, shoot, like I'm missing all these things. Like they, they don't understand. And like some people like really like there's rifts in families because of it. It's really sad. Because you need that support. Like, honestly, it's so important to have a support system, especially when, like, you know, good things happen. But when those bad things happen, you need some, some sort of netting there to help you heal, right? Absolutely. So in terms of, because like we said, three years, it's been crazy. And, you know, you came into the business where you were able to go back and watch a lot of older content. Yeah. That was not available to somebody like me. I had Absolutely. to watch it live. Absolutely. Or I had to wait six months for the yeah. VHS. I'm aging myself right now. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people who listen to this won't know what a VHS yeah. is. The VHS, if I said beta, they would be lost for sure. <laughs> so you came at an exciting time with content. So yes. going back, doing your research, looking at everything, is there any influences? A wrestler that you kind of look at and you're like, you know what, you did mention Tony Storm a little bit. Yeah. But somebody, maybe a, a legend, somebody yeah. you look at and think, you know what? I, I really dig this guy or this this woman it gives me a little bit of extra drive yeah. like now that you had all this content at your fingertips yeah. I, if I was you getting in as late as I did I would probably spend six months just watching everything yeah so in terms of like influences is there anybody oh. that kind of stands out for you that's a, that's a big question I asked the tough questions here on straight talk Jody there's so many so many um, for me like obviously like the a lot of content is easy, but like WWE content is like the most easiest to access. So like uh, initially, because uh, obviously things change, but like Stone Cold, man, Stone Cold. Um, 
Uh, Chris Benoit. <laughs> we can mention his. Okay, okay. Building. We don't have to mention anything else. Okay, okay, yeah, Benoit for sure. Um, yeah, those are like the two that I was like, oh my god, uh, this is this is good stuff. This is kind of how I want to move around and stuff. And then I don't know if you you know, but like my first finisher was the F5, so people are gonna laugh. But like <laughs> I used to watch a lot of like Brock. Because I, I, I used to, like, watch UFC, so it was, like, kind of cool to see someone that I would watch, you know, fight for the UFC and then to be now WWE. So, obviously, I was just naturally drawn to, to watch him. Of course. Uh, but those were, like, the three, like, that I kind of started watching, and it has obviously progressed. And now I really try to watch, like, a lot of Japanese wrestling. I kind of really want to go to Japan this year. If anyone from Japan is listening, bring me to Japan. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, those are those are three great influences, and again, that, I can see why the reflection because the, your power game yeah. is on point. Yeah. So you have a little bit of the wildness and Stone Cold. Yeah. You have the super aggressiveness in Benoit yeah. in ring only. We're not going to mention anything else. <laughs> and then you have just the jacked up like power moves of Brock Lesnar. Right. So uh, speaking of UFC, side question. I was going to segue somewhere else, but now that yeah. you mentioned it, so Brock Lesnar. But did you did you happen to watch SmackDown? This past Friday? Not this week, no. Okay, I don't want to spoil anything. Well, you might have already done it. No, no, no. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you, but uh, let's just say, yeah, the UFC is is definitely taking shape. So that's all. (laughs) You're marking out right now. (laughs) Oh, God, oh, God. But um, in terms of indie wrestling or pro wrestling, I think everyone has what I like to call the dream match. It could be a legend that's passed on. Could be somebody that's you working your way up through the scene that you haven't connected with yet or been able to book a, a match with on a promotion. If you could think of anybody, either indie or legendary, or maybe give me one of each if you want to. Now, is it you got to also tell me is it intergender or women's? Oh, everything's on the table. It's oh, open. Oh my god! Because actually, yeah. we're, we're going to get into intergender in a bit ah. because I know you you've done intergender, yeah. so we're going to get into that in a bit. But it, it's on it's on the man, woman, midget, whatever whatever's on the table for yeah. you. Anybody that you haven't wrestled, if you want to give me just indie, or if you want to give me indie and legendary, I'll take both. Okay, on the indies, I am hunting Tessa Blanchard. I would love to have a match against Tessa. We have been in the locker room a few times together. Uh, We have met a few times. She seems hella cool, and I love her style. She's like probably like my my favorite uh, female indie wrestler right now. Um, So I would love to meet her in the ring. Again, uh, if there's any promoters out there listening, please set that up. Uh, as speaking from a wrestling fan myself, uh, shut up and take my money if that ever happens. Just saying, book it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, legendary, ooh, ooh. The list is like so long, really. It honestly is too long, but I, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool to be in there. Um, again, maybe with like Stone Cold. Yeah. I like it. I like. I love both random, answers. Random, random, no, I no. I, I love both answers. I think yeah. you and Tessa Blanchard would definitely be a barn burner. Her power game is on point. Your power game is on point. I can almost picture it. That stare off in the ring, forehead to forehead, a little bit of smack talk under the breath. Yeah. Shut up and take my money. I'm setting it all up right now. <laughs> so uh, we actually segued perfectly. Again, this is just a flowing wavelength. I love yeah. it. Intergender. Yeah. Uh, it was big during the Attitude Era, I guess right. if you want to say, uh, circa 96 to 2002. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of... It took a back seat. It didn't fall off completely, but it took a back seat. Mm-hmm. 
circle back now the last three years, it's really become relevant, especially if we want to talk mainstream, uh, Tessa Blanchard, Sammy Callahan. Yeah. Like, they've had barn burner after barn burner in that feud that's going on there, yeah. which I don't see an end in sight. I hope it doesn't end. Right, right, I right. mean, Scott Demore, if you're listening, don't let it end. Please. But um, in terms of intergender, what are your thoughts? Because a lot of people, again, they don't understand the business. So a lot of people, when they go to a wrestling show, they see, okay, well, that's a man attacking a woman. They don't see it's a wrestler versus a wrestler. Yeah. And that, to me, is what's frustrating. Yeah. Because I think man, woman, again, any kind of reformer, if you've got the balls or the, the moxie to step in that ring, you can handle yourself. Yeah. So in terms of intergender, when there's those naysayers who don't understand our business, sure. what are your thoughts on that? Well, obviously, I'm a big supporter of intergender, and I, I thank intergender wrestling um, for why I was able to um, progress as, as quickly as I have been able to. Um, you know, like from behind the scenes sort of thing, like um, there are not as many women wrestlers as there is men. Uh, so if you're trying to wrestle people who are, uh, you know, above you so that you can learn, uh, a lot of times it's only men that are available. And so that because of intergender wrestling, like I said, like I've been able to learn so much more in such a, a tight period of time. Um, like if that wasn't around, I wouldn't have that uh, that access, um, but as for like storytelling, um, but like what's wrong with it? Like I understand like people have triggers, but if you have two athletes, um, like you said, who you know are you know peak of their game, um, and they're stepping in with the skills that in theory they should be able to uh, engage. Because yeah, sure, men may be stronger up top, but I tell you, my my squat's probably stronger than most of the men I wrestle. So I'm going to use my leg game versus their arm game, you know? So that's what wrestling's about, is matching different skills up to see how they, they pit up against each other. So I just feel like intergender wrestling is just like that. It's, you know, we can't think, like, take away these triggers. Like, I understand domestic violence is, like, a, a very big issue, and uh, it needs to be talked about. Um, and it's an awful thing. It's a very real thing. I understand that. Again, like I come from a social work background, but again, we're we're athletes, and we're both consenting to step in the ring together to show off our skills, to show off our skills against what the other one presents, to see where our weaknesses are. So if I, I see, you know, my arm game is weak, then maybe that will bring it to light so that I can go work on that. Um, so I guess. Keeping it kind of short, that is what I say to intergender wrestling. I love it. Yeah, I, I do as well. I think it's great when a story can be told because a lot of times I've seen it where it's done the correct way. Yes. It's not the underdog, ooh, big, strong man yes. versus, you know, timid sure, woman. Sure. It's I've seen it where it, they've told that story. Sure. But they've told it in a great way. I've seen the comedy aspect. Yeah. Like I've seen yeah. I've seen Joey Ryan yeah. going at some yeah. ladies, yeah. the whole, you know, King of Dong style stuff. Yeah. It's hilarious. I've also seen a woman who can literally take uh, one of the biggest egos in the business and crush it. And I'm talking again about Tessa Blanchard yeah. and Sammy Callahan. When she walked out with that kendo stick, two words came out of my mouth. EC freaking W and uh, oh my God. Yeah. Like my, my wife and I watched that pay-per-view and I looked at her, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah. get it on. Yeah. Like I want to see Sammy Callahan's head busted wide open and yeah. I want to see Tessa Blanchard like standing over him. Right. And then I want her to go back and bronze that kendo stick. Right. So... Uh, the, I think intergender is something that needs to become very more mainstream, though. Yes. I'm glad to see that Impact, Border City, they're on par with it. Yeah. But I wish the rest of the bigger promotions would kind of wake up. 
They did it a little bit with um, Becky Lynch and James Ellsworth, yeah. but that was a one-off. Yeah. Just like the women's all-women's pay-per-view. That was a one-off. I was actually interviewing Casey Spinelli a few weeks ago, and I, I, we talked about that. And what she said to me, and I want to get your thoughts on this, she said to me, she goes, that was great. They did an all-women's pay-per-view. But ask yourself this, when's the next one? Mm-hmm. It's been a year. Mm-hmm. Actually, this month, October, it's been a, yeah. officially a year. So, like, what's mm-hmm. happening? You talk about this revolution. You talk about this, this evolution. Yep. You even call the pay-per-view evolution. Yep. When's the next one? In terms of being a female performer, don't you want to see these things become more mainstream? Because I think there are women, there are serious contenders in every locker room that can go out for a heavyweight title. Yet I haven't seen it. I think Becky Lynch could go at Seth Rollins and have a great match for the heavyweight title, but I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I think Tessa Blanchard could go at Brian Cage oh, yeah. for the title, but I haven't seen it. In terms of being a female performer, don't you want to see it evolve even more? Like we've already hit the peak where women are sometimes better than the men, and I'll put my stamp on that. There's been women's matches that I've watched yeah. that were better than men's matches yeah, on the same yeah, card. Absolutely. You want to talk about last year's WrestleMania, I enjoyed the triple threat way more than I enjoyed <laughs> Uh, Seth and Brock. Right. I'll be honest. Right. Seth and Brock, it right. was boring. Right. I've seen it. Yeah. But the Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, Becky two belts, take my money. That was a great way to end the show. Yeah. But what, what are your thoughts? Like, when are we going to see the next evolution? It can't just stay this way. They have to, I think they have to bring these things more mainstream. Um, that's a long-winded question. Like, question it really is like the answer to it is like a whole lecture maybe even a whole university course right because a lot of that is ideologies in our our communities and our our mainstream ideas understandings of life and I I honestly don't know if we'll see that in in our lifetime um, because it's a lot of boundaries uh, that need to be broken down um, a lot of respect that needs to to be gained I guess Um, really it it goes to um, I guess repression and all these big words and topics and I, I don't like I don't see it happening. You and I could probably just have a whole podcast just on that question. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I don't even know how to like nicely dance around it without opening a can of words that's going to le- lead into a conversation again like this like inequality like that that's my jam, right? Like that's what I studied in university and stuff and like I said like because of where our society the North American society let me let me clarify where the North American society stands and how they understand reality um i don't see like those sorts of things changing now that's why the indies are so cool because you see these really cool things happening in a grassroots sort of way um and so i think that the more we can do that in the indies um maybe eventually next generation uh, i can trickle into the bigger mainstream picture especially now with like AEW and stuff being so relevant um yeah yeah AEW has already broken down so many barriers yeah. they they signed you know Sunny Kiss the yeah. first uh, openly out you know gay wrestler you've got uh, uh i can't remember her name now it's escaping me but the transgender wrestler mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh she she's fantastic as well so i think they're breaking down a lot more barriers yeah. and i think with the help of them i think the rest of the world will wake up yeah. because okay. again having two daughters uh, at the time when you find out you have to, you're having two daughters back to back, you first, <laughs> first question you you think of is okay, uh, how many guns can I get in a short span of time? Right. <laughs> and I also want to show them that they yeah. can do anything, and yeah. that's why I love bringing them out to these shows yeah. so I can show them these women that I have so much respect for going out there kicking ass and taking names. You know what's really cool, and maybe this is it's kind of like it's like 
kind of like a side branch, and this was a conversation I can't even remember who I was having with the other day, that um, pro wrestling is like the only sort of sport where women athletes can actually make money in. Like I said, I played high-level rugby, and I stopped playing. Like, I did not go try out for Team Canada or anything because I knew that I couldn't make a career out of it, right? And think of all the other, like, even we have, like, established, like, women's basketball league. These women do not make enough money. Um, you know, established, like, in hockey team, our Canadian women's hockey team is phenomenal, not making enough money. Our soccer team is bomb, not making enough money. Even like our Olympians here in Canada specifically, because I know um, in America their Olympians are uh, treated way better and there's programs. But even here, like you're not you're not winning any sort of money with your medal. You come in first place, you're getting nothing. Like you're like you have committed your life to winning this medal for your country, and you're not, it's not even your career. You still have to work. Like that's insane. You should be focusing on training to represent our country. Like that's what kills me. Like even like like scholarships for women for sports again I played rugby I got a partial scholarship to play rugby for my university but it was also based on the fact that I was involved in my community it wasn't just based purely on my athletic ability and no one on that team got a scholarship based purely on athletic ability however you're going to have a bunch of men that get scholarships based on their athletic ability. And again, this is like, uh, America does it better than us in Canada when it comes to sports because you can get scholarships. Women can get scholarships. For instance, I have a good friend here who is uh, Toronto-born, um, was able to go to the States in America on full sp uh, scholarship, sports scholarship for basketball. So it's like, it just, it blows my mind that like we're so far behind. Um, you know, men make millions of dollars being able to play sports, like NBA players. Um, you know, any any sport team, men's sport team, you're able to make millions of dollars, and we can't even get a dang scholarship to, like, a school. <laughs> like, it blows my mind. So, like, the one thing I am, like, really thankful for, and I give kudos to pro wrestling, is the fact that you can be a female athlete and make a career out of it because you're not going to find that anywhere else. Maybe tennis, maybe a few tennis players, but you know, <laughs> besides that. Yeah, unless you're, again, American-born Williams sister doing a Nike commercial. Right. That's where the money comes in. Yeah. When, you win, when you win a tournament, yeah, you do make 300000 sure. but it's the, it's the sponsorships, the promotions, right, right. the stuff you're selling. That's where the big money comes in. And again, though, in. look at how few females get those opportunities versus men. Seriously, like I, I, I haven't done the research because I feel like it would bother me so much that I would break a computer screen. But like think of all the men athletes and all the dollars. And if you even want to go so far as to compare like, you know, the, the highest paying female athlete to like a mid-range male athlete, that mid-range male athlete is probably still making more money than that premium female athlete. It's nuts. It's nuts. It, it outrages me. So again, kudos to pro wrestling for giving women the opportunity to make money off their athletic ability. 100%. Yeah. I agree with you completely. So one more question, then yeah. we're going to wrap it up because I know you got to get ready yeah. for your. Uh, you got to get ready for your wedding. Right, my wedding. <laughs> so I do want to take this time again to say thank you. Yeah. And officially let you know you are now and forever a member of the Straight Talk family. Okay. Anytime you want to get back on the show, you're bored on a Sunday, maybe a gig canceled. You call me up, we'll do it all over again. Because um, I think this is a conversation. I would love. I knew this interview was going to be amazing. I didn't know it was going to be as amazing as it has been. It's been a true honor interviewing you. And my final question. Yes. The question I have to ask. Okay. okay. What is the next 
evolution for Jody Threat. Where do you want to progress? As you've already progressed so far in your career, and we've talked about, you know, that possible dream match with Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. But what are the next steps you're taking currently yes. to, you know, evolve Jody Threat even more? Okay. Okay, I love this question because now I'm going to make myself accountable to my goals, which has been an issue for me. Uh, so my goal for the longest time was get WWE tryout period. Not get signed, get a WWE tryout. So for like the last two years of me wrestling, that is what I've been striving for. I have now had my tryout, you know, just waiting for results. But my next set of goals is to now make Jody Threat a proper brand in the indies. So what that's going to look like, um, I will, uh, number one, I want to put out some sort of content. Um, maybe I'll, I'll drop a hint, heel flip. So uh, keep that in mind, heel flip. Straight talk exclusive. Yeah, now you'll see what that is once I, I drop that. Um, I also want to make sure that I'm getting out. Like I said, I already put it in there in the universe. I want to go to Japan. I want to do a tour of Japan. I want to go back to the UK. Uh, I just want to get really well-traveled. Uh, I want to face as many people. I think uh, I was counting the other day. Uh, the last year, like to date, not like calendar year, I've had about 100 matches. So I want to at least match that. But I want to match that with people I, I haven't been matched up against. Like I just want to become the best wrestler I can become. Like that's really my goal is to get out there to be, um, again, seen as like uh, a competitor in the indies. I want to become a darling. I want my brand to be out there and to understand that my brand is based on ability. And like I said, wait for heel flip. I love it. I just got a Straight Talks exclusive. And as I said, this interview, we could probably go for another just talking about equality. We'll get to that in another. We'll do that on the second one for sure. But Jody Thread, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. And uh, after that, we're going to snap a quick picture. Okay. We'll do the shout out. You're going to get ready for your wedding. It's a big day. Mrs. Pretty Ricky Wildey. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. And as always, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh.